Who is it? Hey guys, the Strong Boys 19 here, and you are listening to Claim the Throne Bloodcast. Yeah. You're listening to the Claim the Throne Bloodcast, coming on you with insights into what it's really like to be in a do-it-yourself metal band in 2016. Keep the change, you filthy animal. You all are listening to the Claim the Throne Bloodcast with Cabra and Ash. Sweet as episode 63, trudging along, claimthethrone.com to uh, read uh, up and listen to all the previous episodes. If you go to claimthethrone.com slash contact, you will find a forum board there that has recently been installed. And if you want to... Uh, comment on any of the podcast episodes that we have or request any topics, head over to that page. Uh, you can reply to the existing uh, boards in there or you can start your own topic, talk heaps of shit in there. And how are you, Ash? Uh, I love how clunky the start of that was. About oh, real bad, hey. I was un- unplanned. About two seconds before. Oh, you're starting this, by the way. Oh, okay, no worries. Um, yeah, so, and then my marketing voice comes over and you can get into the Claim of Throne <laughs> forums if you have a special key. Marketing, marketing, marketing. Do people still use forums? You know what? A lot of the stuff I read online, if, uh, if I'm yeah. researching, a, I don't know, EVH5150 LBX 15 watt uh, head that I'm desperate to buy... I'll go to forums yeah. because, you know, there's limited reviews. Yeah. There's so much shit coming out these days that I like to do a bit of the review thing and a bit of the user the user review. So last night, for instance, when I couldn't sleep, I was looking up, is a Mesa Rectoverb 25 any good? And people are like, the Rectoverb's the best amp I've ever used. And then other people are like, have you ever used it? No, but I've read it's fucking shit. And you go, <laughs> okay. And you read about a thousand of them and you get a kind of... Every yeah. now and again, someone really gives a detailed response and that's a person who otherwise wouldn't put their thoughts out there. You know, they don't have a blodge or they don't have a podge or they don't have a magazine or whatever. So, yeah. What about you? You read them? Um, I love forums, actually, and there's not that many that I go to anymore, but I just find them so much easier to communicate in or to find certain information. A lot of the forums have obviously moved to Facebook um, and there's Facebook groups and all that. And that's all well and good and you get the notifications and all that, but I just find that they're harder to read and they don't have a long lifespan and they just disappear into space pretty quickly. So I still go on forums. Well, it, it, only just five minutes ago, I was on the Kemper forum. Of course you were. Um, and which I've got some information on Kemper for you today, which I can't wait to tell you about. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, I use forums for Supercoach, especially <laughs> with the uh, 2017 season underway very soon and uh, early opening has happened for Supercoach Gold subscribers from last year but the Brown Raiders are getting ready to go so if there's any uh, AFL Supercoaches out there get in touch at claimthethrone.com slash contact and start a thread in the forum about uh, Supercoach can I tell you um, some Kemp companies? Get in there. Do you know what product they have just released today? Uh, don't know but can you pronounce today again? Today Junior two way switch oh were we just talking about that a week ago? After all these episodes of of wasted conversations and reader polls and all this shit and reading crap oh, online. Perfect. And here it is. So obviously Kemper listened to the Claim the Throne Blodgecast. Yeah, Gary from Kemper. Good on you, mate. So £75. I think it's not available in the US store yet from what I can gather. Um, but £75, so whatever that is, 100 bucks or so. 
tiny little thing, just two switches on it. That's it. Nice. Google it. There's not even, um, speaking of forums, it's not on the Kemper forum yet, but it is on the Facebook, Kemper Facebook page and people are commenting on it there. And from what I can gather, you can use it for a variety of functions on the Kemper just to switch between two things, whether that be between two profiles or whether that be um, between... I don't know, like a tuner and mute or whether it be between, I don't know, the loop, looper function or whatever functions they've got, you can set it up to do between two things. But the information is very limited so far and even on the store, there's not that much information yet. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, listen to the last couple episodes where I've been going on about all my dilemmas and this has pretty much solved every problem and I've just updated my um, firmware on it as well. It seems to be running like a dream. Is it MIDI or is it like... TRS jack or something like that. TRS. Gotcha. Question two, say again. Can you say like pedal pedal number one of the two buttons, sorry, button one, is clean and distortion. Button number two will switch you between like a boost or something like that. Is that the kind of deal? That, that's the sort of thing that I would like confirmation of. Yeah. But I think so. Um, yeah. Info is very scarce, but... Um, Interesting. The, well, from what I can gather from the, the Facebook post, which is not a uh, whole lot of rollout information, but um, someone commented on the page who is pretty much like me. He was saying, I love the Kemper, but I'm a very simple person. Mm. Can I switch between clean and distortion with this pedal? And they said yes. So even if it means you treat it as an up and down perhaps, um, so in your browser mode you might... Um, just put the two profiles that you want next to one another. So when you play, you just go up and down whenever you need it, which is practically all I need. Yeah, so that's like you got that boss pedal and it just never worked for you, eh? But that's a similar thing. Or Roland pedal or something. Yeah, the Behringer one I've got at the moment, which does work really well. Um, it's awesome, but it's so huge. And two no, mini no, no. cables the, and needs. The boss, that little minky boss one. Um, that was a... Uh, the two-button sh- one. I ba- built you a lead for it. Oh, that. Yeah, that was that was clunky. Um, actually, I can't remember why that was not happening. There's no reason that shouldn't have worked, but it just <laughs> didn't. Let me dig that out again. Oh, no, no, it was working. I could get it to work. Isn't it over to your left, sitting in between that little nook underneath the mirror? It is, yes. Can't you see it right now? I can now? see it. I know your room well. So that is a boss one and the two, the two um, switch one. But it was like, it would just go up and down sporadically and it wasn't really reading shit properly. So I'd go to go, press up and it would jump like three spots down or something. It was just like all over the place. So you want to know something? Far away. I've just I've been looking for info while you've been talking, All right. and I've found Pete's Profiles dot Weebly dot com. High quality professional finished aluminium. Blah 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 blah. Two button foot switch for Kemper. Yeah, fifty nine ninety nine American. One stereo TRS jack, which is so that's the same as the Boss, mm. but it looks it has more of a push button switch mm. rather than like a pedal format. It's it's in a, it's in a little pedal though. Um, and then he sells for eighty nine ninety nine a four button switch, which uses two four t- uh, two quarter inch okay. jacks instead of one, and yeah. you can utilize all four buttons. Interesting. All right, I'll look that up too. I like the idea of using dedicated items for the Kemper, and I know that they'll give me better um, 
customer service and support when I have problems with it because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's the, always the first thing they seem to say when you send them a message. You shouldn't be using different items. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. And then, yeah, so if it fucks up, you can, yeah, just say, screw you, dude. Yeah. Anyway, we've crapped on about Kempers way too much the last few episodes. What else you got? Uh, so that was your big news? Yes. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. I've got absolutely nothing. <laughs> no, I, uh, I did a recording session for Suffer and Rot, as I like cool. to do on the weekend. So yeah. I was mentioning before the podge, I had quite an extensive Friday night. Didn't feel good. Felt like Cabba inside the Bendigo Hotel at one point in our lives. And uh, yeah, woke up oh, at 7am. Yeah. Packed up a kit and an entire recording studio and went to the Hen House in Osborne Park. Set up for a few hours, recorded two songs on drums with a very small number of mics and some pretty what would be called low quality gear and yeah came out pretty good so that's i guess that's what i've been doing with music um how did it go how was your performance went good performance was pretty good um they'd sent me demos of the songs actually quite a while ago but it was kind of a bit more impromptu and the tempos were all over the shop like Hmm. just like okay so this one song is 200 beats a minute the rest of it's uh, the the second song starts at 200 and then it goes to this tempo, then this tempo, then this tempo, then this tempo. And, you know, when you work in a band, you can get together and you can just play me a little snippet of the riff and go, it goes eight times. But we just sort of did it rough and ready over the internet um, or message or whatever. And, yeah, I just kind of made what I thought was the right kind of tempo and roughly got an idea of the song but didn't try and play it because I thought if I get something stuck in my head it's gonna be hard if I'm getting this wrong so yeah yeah, did uh, honestly worked more on the microphone setup than I did on the recording the actual tracking itself because we just sort of got through a section and I said okay what did I do wrong or right here and yeah they they directed me what they wanted and I just kind of did it how was the setup recording wise? Uh, okay, so I used my kit. I used a five piece kit. The drums. Yeah, the drums. So kick snare, two racks, and a floor. And then I had two two crashes and two chinas, like kind of somewhat symmetrical, going left and right. And obviously my riding hats. Um, and yeah, I bought these little cheap ass mics. They're actual shotgun shells. Um, I'll pull them out so Cabot can see them. Have I showed you those things before? I don't know. Yeah, they're called 12-gauge microphones. So if you search 12-gauge blue... We'll link it in the show notes. Claimthrown.com slash podcast. They were about 75 bucks each. And what they are is a condenser microphone with a cardioid pattern. And they can handle high-pressure sound levels. I originally went in there to get an Omni uh, version of the same mic, which was actually way cheaper, 55 bucks. But I went to the Blues because they could handle like hotter sound levels. And because I was in a room that's not designed to be a recording studio, I wanted to bring the overhead mics closer to the drums. And I didn't want them to clip or anything like the actual microphones themselves to clip out or, or whatever. So yeah, I upgraded to the to the blues and then uh, I was talking to one Al Smith today and he said he recently got a pair of Omni mics that handle 
the higher sound pressure levels uh, from the same company mm. <laughs> only in the last couple of days or week or something like that. So, yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, right. Um, if only I'd known about that in advance, I would have bought them. So yeah, use use those things, very cheap microphones for overheads and then just a couple of classics, SM57 for the kick and the snare. I actually used SM58s, would you believe, for the rack toms and I used the SM7 that I'm talking on right now for the floor tom and that was, that was it. So seven mics. Preamps, I didn't even bother busting out the rack preamps. I used my Apogee Quartet for the first four because it has four inputs. So that was the most important thing is kick, snare, overhead, overhead. And then I used this cheap as chips Behringer. It's like a eight channel preamp that's got a converter in it. So it's like an interface, but I plugged that into my Apogee. So we associate Behringer with anything related to shit, um, but it actually performed really well and the toms came out pretty cool. So yeah, I was, I was happy that it didn't cost me, you know, my, my main setup, has cost me money obviously the apogee and these kind of things but uh yeah it's a bit of an auxiliary a lot of extras like a couple of 58s that i've probably inherited from somewhere and yeah the 57s that i've just bought to record guitar amps along the way have just come in handy and very portable yeah it wasn't a quick setup but that was more because i was kind of a bit hungover (laughs) and taking my time but yeah man i was really impressed and it got me thinking that you know, I tried to steer away from programming drums for the Claim the Throne demos for this latest album. Um, and we did more in the jam room when it came to that rather than, yeah, programming. But yeah, this is kind of the next step in that for me where I think it's that easy to get a pretty cool kick sound. I could have dropped the Tom mics off and been really happy with just the overheads, the kick and the snare. And um, yeah, I reckon in future for our pre-production, I'd love to just go in by myself to the hen house along with tracks that you've recorded if we get you rigging up to record um, DI tracks or whatever. And yeah, just jam out down there and get ideas that way because one thing I did find about the Suffer session was that I was innovating to a point because I was I was like improving on the spot and that stuff only really happens when you know a song inside out. So you've really got to play it a bunch of times to start getting the feel of it. So yeah, technically I nailed a take here and there early on, but then I was like, oh, maybe it would be more interesting or John Ryan would suggest, oh, well, actually in that bit I'm doing this, so can you try and do something like this? And if I had all the time in the world, I would have really developed them. But um, yeah, a little a little stripped back compared to what I usually do, but um, yeah, still very cool and very, yep. very cheap. So that's for a single these guys are looking to do. So yeah. Nice. Was there other bands there at the time? Yes, and the idea was to get in early, which I did at nine, and set up. And in my mind, I'd be recording by about ten thirty. Yeah, and then bands would get in for twelve, one o'clock or something. But uh, yeah, I did really take my time in setting up and getting comfortable and drinking heaps of coffee and water. Was this Saturday? Saturday was it? Yeah. After your huge Friday night of being drunken, it was pretty rough. But um, yowzers. Yeah, so the bands came in just as I was about to press record and I was amazed to see that because I had brought all the mics close to the kit, yeah, I really had no bleed or spill from the other rooms. For an album, I wouldn't want to do that, but for a single, it's fine. And as long as it's not picking up too much rumbly shit um, and your drumming is louder, way louder than the noise floor that's created by bands being next door, you know, it's all good. I wasn't putting room mics in there, so who cares? 
Cool. When's that soccer due out? I mean, you are allowed to even talk about it? Oh, I'm sure I'm allowed to talk about it. If I'm not, I apologize, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll see how it comes out. So it's not going to be album quality stuff. Um, it's more of a sort of a stepping stone thing, let everyone know that they're still doing shit. That was going to be my next question because it's a pretty uncommon thing now, um, doing singles like that, I guess. Um, if it's not, you know, a pre precursor to the album coming out or whatever, you know, like being used for promotional purposes or anything. Um so, like, yeah, I wonder... I mean, I know when we did Ale Tales pre-Ash the Large time was sort of like we just needed to practice recording again and practice writing again because we struggled with the um, the debut album before that. Um, so I wonder if, if these guys, it's just a bit of extra experience or whatever before they fang out the next album, would you think? Was that really the goal with Ale Tales, just to sort of get get everyone sort of back into the pro recording vibe or something? It was a variety of reasons. One was to, yeah, like, because they were all just short, really basic songs. Um, so, which may have appeared as like a change of direction, but it wasn't really that. It was like, yeah, recording practice, something mm. that we could make a, a music video with because we didn't have a, a video clip. Um, so just to get a couple of popular songs and that sort of thing to be able to spread the word a bit more because it was just a bit embarrassing when we were starting to build a little bit of a name for ourselves and the only item we had was only the Brave Return on CD that was... The shittest thing ever committed to it, tape. It, it, yeah, <laughs> potentially. A joke, that's a joke. <laughs> Interesting. You've obviously never heard Leaky Family if you think I'm serious. <laughs> I have, unfortunately. <sighs> I found the CD the other day upstairs. Anyway, that's, that's an interesting thing, man. I actually never knew that. And you did really? that with Al too. We did, yeah. So it was, um, yeah, I, I guess our first recording experience was, it was what it was and we did it with a friend and it was fun and all that, but it wasn't highly rewarding. We spent so long on it, you know, like over a year pretty much. Really? Recording, just going to this guy's house once a week, every weekend and every second weekend it would get cancelled for whatever reason and it just took forever. And then we went into Al for two days, recorded this EP that just surpassed any popularity we would ever have imagined. Mm. And we became a an actual name in Aussie metal. Um, but then the problem was we like, it was never really the plan to keep going down that style of music. And then, but we just got so many fans from playing that stuff because no bands in Australia were doing that at the time at all. Um, so it was this whole new thing and it was just when folk metal was sort of taking off. Um, so then when we went to the next album and we were getting a bit heavier and then the next album a bit heavier again mm. and now practically death metal. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I don't know. We, we got a lot of fans and probably disappointed a lot of people for not continuing down that path. Mm. Um, but nonetheless, it was good fun. Yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. I think these guys, I'm not sure if it's recording practice per se. I think it's more that it was an easy way to look, appear like hey guys we've we've got something coming out pretty soon they're going to re-record the songs for the album that's the plan at the moment for those songs they're pretty short songs too i think they're only a couple of minutes each and that's another reason i actually said yes to doing it because i knew i could just bust it out um yeah so it'll be interesting man i think it's kind of a cool idea and yeah maybe has the benefit of getting him prepped to track again it does remind me of before they released their first album they had that little 
three track, two track single thing, whatever it was, just on burnt CDs. And that actually worked out really well for them, I think. And they, they just had their business card in it and um, gave them out for free or whatever to everyone. Um, and it, it did get people familiar with their songs, got them a bit of a name for themselves, and you had a good idea of what they were um, what they were on about and what they were going to be doing with the ne- the upcoming album. Um, so if they do the same thing again, like if this is just the precursor to the next album and get the word out there and all that, then I think, I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, cool. Um, we'll come back to some stuff like this soon, I hope. But if we can move on to marketing, marketing, marketing for <laughs> just, just a minute. Um, last week we were chatting a bit about Spotify and how you can verify your artist page and the importance of it and that. Um, today I got an email from Spotify the first time I've got an email from them for something like this, so I don't know if it's normal or not. Um, but it's got, um, I don't know, me as a user of Spotify, it's sent a promotional email saying upcoming shows near Perth. Um, hmm. So it knows that I'm from Perth and it knows what I've been listening to. Of course it does. It sent me an email of all the bands that I listen to who are playing in Perth coming up soon. Huh. So I open it up. Opeth come up playing in February, so I must I've probably listened to their their new songs a couple of times. Uh, Claim the Throne they're playing on January thirteenth at the Amplifier Bar in Perth. So mm. the reason that has come up is because I think last I don't know if I mentioned last week or not, but the concerts section in your band's Spotify is um, a feed directly from the website Songkick. Uh, so if you're not signed up on Songkick, it is worth it for that one point alone um we've always used in terms of those sorts of websites i've always put us on bands in town because um that spams the shit out of people um and we've got a page linked in our facebook profile through bands in town Mm -hmm. um but songkick appears to be the new shiz so providing that your facebook page is verified and you can control it then you will get a tab where you can um, you can see what concerts you've got coming up, but you can't edit them directly on Spotify. You have to have a Songkick page, and it will um, it will identify the gigs coming up. And so, if you're on a tour, playing twenty different cities, then anyone that lives in those cities who has Spotify and has listened to your band before will get an email saying that you're coming to town, just like Santa Claus. <laughs> so, a good tip. Also, King Parrot coming to Perth in February eighteenth, Amplifier Bar. So, I've obviously listened to them recently too. And it knows I'm in Perth. And I think um, just to clarify something I said last episode as well, um, that there was a hell good article on IProbablyHateYourBand.com regarding verifying your Spotify page. That was ac- actually an article on um, how to verify your Facebook page. Uh, so I did get that uh... mud- I did get that muddled up. But that being said, um, there is also um, I'll put a link in the show notes for the last episode. Um, the Spotify FAQ page for artists is really helpful. And it's a step-by-step guide and just walks you through the whole thing. That's artists.spotify.com slash FAQ. Um, and that'll help you get through it. Fac. Facwa. One last thing on Spotify while I'm at it. Um, avid listener of the show, mm-hmm. Stuart McGill, who uh, runs Stormrider Touring and has a festival coming up in... Uh, March, which I should get the dates for, but I don't have right in front of me. Sorry, Stu. But go to the show notes and there'll be a poster or some shit to it. 
but he had a really cool idea that he ran by me the other day, which doesn't seem to be up and running yet, but I'd really like the idea. He's running a, uh, a festival type thing or a one day festival in Perth, uh, just indoor gig, um, eight bands or more. Uh, but he has got an idea of doing up a Storm Rider Heavy Metal Festival playlist. So playlists are a pretty big thing on Spotify uh, and it's a good way to find new bands and, and whatever and a good thing to advertise. So if you have a gig coming up, even if it's four bands, there's no reason you couldn't really make a playlist having you know two or three songs from each of the bands at that gig and then sharing that playlist as a promotional avenue for that upcoming show. Uh, I thought it was a really cool idea, and that in line with the um the song kick thing. If you've got the dates on there and people are listening to all those bands, then they're bound to get emails telling them about the show that you've got coming up. Um, and anyway, I hadn't heard of that being a thing before. So if you thought of that yourself, Stu, good work. Um, but yeah, I like it. I agree. That being said, I'm not sure if there's dramas or if there's any little tips on how to make your playlist public because i know he was having a bit of drama like he'd set it up and it said it was public but i would search it and i couldn't find it anywhere and i know that i've tried um being sneaky on spotify before and making playlists um for a variety of genres or themes or whatever and chucking some claim the throne songs in there so that people would stumble across us classic cabba um, but that's a few months ago and I'm just looking today and we haven't got one single follower on any of these playlists, which makes me think that perhaps they're not accessible. Probably not popular. Or they're not popular, but either way. So if anyone out there knows um, any anything about playlists on Spotify, uh, let us know, claimthrown.com. Slash contact, go to the forum page and start a thread. You know how I mentioned before the podge I should start a new segment? Oh yeah, what is it? It's called um, Bargains with Ash. <laughs> cool, man. I love it. Can That's you make a song a... that goes before we do this segment? Bargains with Ash. Bargains with Ash. <laughs> you know, bangers and mash. <laughs> Boingers and moish. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better idea than Stu McGill having playlists for his gigs. <laughs> Bargains with Ash. I love it. Uh, Devin Townsend's guitars yeah that would go in bargains with ash that's old school news old oh, news right. but i'll just Fill i'll wrap in. up on that ibanez 1992 custom rg by steve i we chatted about it before mm-hmm. ended six thousand four hundred and forty nine bucks mama and his uh pv seven string five thousand three hundred and thirty one dollars so i think he's got enough money oh, i hope he's got enough money to um yeah get that 5.1 surround set up that he was going for, because if he didn't, that's a real shame. This week on Bargains with Ash, the idea of this segment is please everyone out there, obviously Stu, Ray, uh, our friend Josh Wosley. Nettie Noodle. Paulie Cottrell. If you can, buy this shit because Paulie I Cottrell. be buying it. <laughs> they, it all works. Stuart McGill. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so buy this stuff before I do because it's fucking awesome. I got a question for Bargains with Ash when we get to the end of the segment. The real winner of the week, that is the Epiphone Stratocaster 1990s model with a headstock like a Gibson Explorer. The hockey stick yeah, neck. Yeah, right. Rare as hen's teeth. Uh, not, honestly, not that rare. Okay. But in Perth, you know, we are a Perth show. So for Perth listeners, $300 on Gumtree. 
oh sorry $350 for that and it has a maple neck alder body and a rosewood fretboard pretty much as stock standard as you're going to get for like a Stratocaster style thing three single coil pickups all the works now you may say Epiphone what the hell it's not a Fender but this thing was made in 1990 in the Korean factory and a lot of good guitars were made in Korea post 83 to about 95 I'd say almost anything Epiphone Fender Ibanez, all those sort of things, Yamaha that were made in Korea, you're going to get some pretty decent stuff. Um, and there's a YouTube video of a guy playing one. It sounds like a Strat to me. So don't care what you say, 350 bucks if you want a Strat sound, but you don't want to pay 1500 bucks, look it up on Gumtree. Wow. End of Sedge. Nice, man. Love it. Great, Sedge. My hand is in the air. Yep. Cabba. Oh, uh, hi, I'm Cabba from Claim the Throne. I need... Hello, um. Mate some monitors for my home studio small cheap but not shit what would you recommend <laughs> with bargains through mesh uh budget budget but not crap no no sorry what is your budget oh i don't really know what the price of a good monitors is but let's throw the figure of 200 bucks out there uh you're going to be looking at yamaha hs50s i think they've been superseded by a model called the hs5 so they pop up from time to time. You probably score some for 200 bucks because I'm pretty sure you can buy these brand new for 250 per speaker. Okay. So you expect about half of that price. Um, other ones that are pretty good that are, well, I don't, look, I don't know if they're good or not, but they get a decent rap is like the KRK monitors, okay. pretty little. Yeah. Um, but basically what you need to be looking for regardless of the brand, do some research if some pop up, um, but you want something that's powered because like there's not much amplification in your actual interface so you need them to have an amp on board or else you're going to have to have an amp in between your interface and that just costs money mm -hmm. cool what are your go-to websites with bargains fresh ebay gumtree ebay gumtree amazon or no no i rarely i do look at amazon but that's if i'm looking at new stuff i can't seem to find anywhere else i always look at ebay because of the protections built in I think um, Amazon Australia is opening up in the near future. Uh, they haven't already? Well, or an actual warehouse? Maybe a warehouse. I don't know. I just read something in passing. Got no information on it, so let's not talk about it. You know, the new site that I've never bought off, but I've been looking at is Reverb.com. Okay. And they sell all sorts of used and new secondhand music gear. Mm -hmm. And... Um, they tend to have a lot of things that you'll find on Gumtree. Oh, sorry, not on Gumtree, on bloody eBay, listed on Reverb as well. Okay. So usually American sellers I've found so far, if you or Japanese even, if you've seen a guitar, let's say, on eBay, it's and it's from a store, it's most likely on Reverb as well. Cool. So yeah, not too sure. Install the app pretty recently. Um. But yeah, a lot of them post to Australia and it's for stuff that you might not expect to find anywhere. I kind of search on all three of those things to get a general price of what I think is good. And then, yeah, that's if I'm really looking for something. Uh, but if something's kind of a newish product and we live in Australia, I actually go to, um, do you know Tommen.de? I don't. Or Thomman, it's like T-H-O-M-M-A-N.de. So for that, amp i was telling you about before the evh lbx yep 
on Tommen, it is about two or three hundred cheaper than what you get it in any brand new store in Australia. And the trick with it is that it's European power is the same as Australian power. Okay. So my orange Jim Root signature head that I have, I bought off Tommen as like a factory second kind of deal mm-hmm. or like a demo model. And it was no shit, man. I saved like 500 bucks on buying it in Australia. Wow. Getting it through there. And it, yeah, it rocked up and it's a big distributor. So yeah, that's a good place to go for, for newer items, especially electronic ones, if you're trying to get on Australian power. If you live in some other part of the world, and I know Razor Ray lives in Sydney, but that is still is Australia. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm a real bedroom uh, bargain hunter. And I didn't know until two weeks ago that I needed an Epiphone Stratocaster until I saw it on Gumtree. Um, and my commonly searched history on Gumtree is like, and I only search in Perth region because it's a pain in the ass to ship. Yeah. Um, it'll be like Ibanez, Mesa, PV, uh, Angle, um, Soldano. I'll, I'll just start throwing in shit, Hughes and Kettner, uh, Yamaha guitars like i'll just fucking go through it man just when i'm bored instead of going on facebook or something that's what i do and i'll see a fernandez um 1979 fst model and buy it for 300 bucks Mm -hmm. and just have like a japanese made essentially a fender for you know a bloody fifth of the price of a current model one so yeah it's pretty sweet swell um did you do any research on last week's album discussion? Blot. Blot, yeah. Yeah, I did listen to that. Any good? Yes, I did like it. Uh, lyrics, mm, I don't know. Mm. Interesting. I haven't paid attention to the lyrics, actually. Yeah, a few words stuck out to me, but that always happens to yeah. me. But yeah, Ben, it was cool. I didn't quite know what you meant by Agalock crossed with Managarm. I got mm. the Managarm. But not as like ruthless as the first album. But yeah, I did I did enjoy it. Okay. Cool. Um it was pretty cool. How about you? Uh I listened to some Broken Head last night actually. Totally stupid. Um, really cool, man. We're not n- not something I would ever listen to. Yeah, of course. Um, I would listen to it because of the uh history of Regurgitator. Mm-hmm. And you can you can hear that in there, I think, a little bit. Um but interesting as hell. Yeah. Enjoyable to listen to. Can't really comment as far as uh, that sort of music goes. I, I don't listen to any of it, so I couldn't compare it against other stuff out there. Neither can I, and it's only a CD I know about because it fell into my... In my arms. Into my arms. Um, but the CD cover's interesting because you can tell they recorded on a fucking nothing budget. Yeah. And they've just got heaps of guitar pedals and just budget-ass gear, and they've recorded in a house. So that always struck me when I was a kid listening to that. Yeah. And I only gave it the time of day because I noticed the name Ben Eli on it and went, that's the guy from Regurgitator. Mm-hmm. So at first I was like, what is this shit? And then, <laughs> yeah, just sort of listened a bit more. And it's not that I love it to bits, but yeah, I think it's a cool album that no one probably knows about in Australia. Um, yeah, pretty interesting. What about this week? What have you been listening to? Oh, a lot of the same stuff, which I won't go over, but today I also got excited about the second time today that I got excited after the Kemper Dual two-way switch came out was that, <laughs> <laughs> was that the... Oh, and funnily enough, a single 
after we just had that discussion about Suffer and Rot, the new single from the band Soen, who I didn't know had a new album coming out in February 2017, it would appear. Um, oh, wow. So they've just released the first song off that um, called, what the fuck is it called? Uh, I don't know. To fill in to fill in dead air while you look that up. <laughs> I was searching a few weeks ago. I can't remember what it was to see if I'd already had a particular album of the week before. Oh yeah. And you, you know, you said, "Who cares if you're listening to it? That's your album of the week." Yeah. Anyway, in searching that, I saw that your album of the particular week where I doubled up was a Soan album. Oh yeah, I have had them on there here before. Yeah, so I went to listen to that album and really? about three three seconds in, I changed back to Blot. <laughs> you don't not into it? Uh, I liked uh, the main, whatever the single was, because I'm that kind of guy, off the first Soul album. This was the second oh, one, yeah, I think, yeah. was your album of the week. And I just didn't, yeah. I don't know. I've always found them interesting. Um, in that they're, I mean, they're obviously total to worship, but done in a sort of... Scandinavian type of way, so perhaps they're influenced by your Catatonias or Opeth and stuff like. Well, obviously they got the drummer Martin Lopez, the drummer from uh, Opeth, uh, so it has that sort of feel to it. Um, so I don't know. I've always been interested in it and enjoyed it, without it being you know blowing my mind or being a groundbreaking albums or anything. But I just uh, have enjoyed them. That's good music to have on. Mm. Um, anyway, this the new single is called Sectarian. And I've also noticed, now that I've just said that no bands do singles, I've just noticed that they actually do. <laughs> now, with the introduction of Spotify, again, they release their singles on Spotify, which oh. is um, interesting. And I don't know how that works, um, but it's probably a cool thing. Um, get people to follow you on there through your latest release and then you'd sort of keep um releasing these singles in the lead up to the album release and um yeah building the the hype as you go but anyway that sounds like it sounds pretty cool fans of tool and gay shit <laughs> i'll check it out i'll definitely listen to it um yeah cool i did have something really good to say when you just said something and i've forgotten what it was because i'm drinking wine um oh yeah when I mentioned the uh, yeah, when I mentioned the <laughs> band name Catatonia, I saw them live yeah, on the weekend. Yeah. How was that, man? I loved it. I had the time of my life, to be honest. Yeah. And um, as you'd know from probably about ten episodes ago, there was a, f- a good few weeks where I was getting majorly into Catatonia for out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. They've never been a band that I've enjoyed for some reason, and then I just heard a song and it clicked with me and started going through the the catalogue and sort of fell in love with them out of nowhere. But yeah, that I thought they were I've never seen them live also, so I had a really, really good time. Thought they were brooding as all hell. Really depressive sort of styled thing. <laughs> without it being like, you know, not not your mournful congregations or your worship or your really suicidal death doom or anything like that. But um yeah. just that that sort of I don't know, Scandinavian thing, the Peaceville Records thing from 15 years ago or whatever it was, where there's just these these sort of doomy bands, probably all inspired by Paradise Lost and that sort of thing. Um, the singer didn't really say a whole lot. Oh, he, he talked a bit between songs, but 
he would just stand there with his hair over his face, looking like the most somber cunt the whole way through. And the rest of the guys, like the the they, I don't, I'm assuming they got to be brothers or something, like the guitarist and the bassist, and um and the other guitarist looks like me, strangely, and did all these weird sort of screamy backing vocals. And the drummer looked like he was about 60 years old, a nerd, probably <laughs> playing the new Doom game and had to come out on tour, but was absolutely amazing, man. One of the best drummers I've seen in a while. And yeah. Um, So yeah, the singer was all this hell somber and the other guys were just really getting into it, but not, you know, going <clears throat> going off like Dillinger Escape Plan or headbanging like a monomath. They were just, just feeling it and you could just tell. And they were sort of like all miming the lyrics and stuff like that. And, and it was packed, which I was surprised about. Must have been a good 500 people there. Um, and yeah, maybe because I was really drunk and had a spliff before going in. But um, really, yeah, just found a spot, stood next to Bernard, <laughs> Bernard Shaw from Red Descending. <laughs> Chilled the fuck out. <clears throat> it, was, it, was, had, it was such an awesome time anyway. So yeah. I rate that band now. Cool. Yeah, I thought of you. We were out at dinner with friends where I made fresh pasta and <clears throat> red sauce before oh, yeah. I went. We'll um, come bring that back up in recipe of the week. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we went there and Jesse mentioned, oh, Cabba's at Catatonia. And Aaron looks at me and goes, what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> so so he's a fan. Yeah, man, big time. Yeah. He, he has been... Oh, the only catatonia I know before you were into it is through him. And yeah, I thought, shit, you're right. Why aren't we there? I I didn't even know they were touring because I'm basically living inside a hole. <laughs> um, yeah. For people like uh, Aaron, who I'm assuming would probably was a fan of them long before I was and would be familiar with their really early stuff, they used to have a lot of sort of growly and more death metal influence. And then like halfway through their their career, which I don't know how many albums they have a lot, halfway through they sort of stopped doing any of the growling and it's just all clean vocals, basically. And um, the majority of songs were all just clean that they, they played live, so they obviously don't play a lot of their older stuff anymore. Um, mm. I don't think the lead vocals did any growls whatsoever. Um, the backing guy that looked like Cabba did. <laughs> Um, but I, I actually like really enjoy their latest album, um, and they played a bunch off that, and yeah, had a friggin' blast. That reminds me, um, next week we should have a bit of a 2016 albums show if you're up for that. You yep. you've listened to the new Inverloc album, right? Damn it, you spoiled it. New yeah, Bellacore. You pretty much ruined it for me. Thanks, Cabba. <laughs> Ash's top two albums of 2016. Paul Gilbert. Yeah, I'll. That wasn't yeah, this year. Was I it? haven't haven't given it a smash yet, so yeah. I don't even know. And yeah, don't know the year. But yeah, I almost went to Baroness on oh, Tuesday. Man, I was, did think about it for about five seconds and then didn't. But I could, actually couldn't name a song. But uh, neither thought, could I. It would, would be cool. Yeah, I found out that there was an exhibition by the singer in just near my house here. Exhibition. Uh, art. Yeah. In a yep. In a framing, like not an art gallery, but a framers business wow and he yeah he had an exhibition of like because he does all the merch and all the artwork and all that shit so like day so of yeah, the show was, yeah so really? at six o'clock to eight or oh, six thirty to eight o'clock he did that and then went and did the show 
So I was very keen to do that, but I went to a quiz at the Kingsley Tavern and won it. So Really? Kingsley? Should have invited me. Uh, could have, but it was... You won the quiz? The quiz. I am the quiz. Who was in your team? A high school, uh, what's it called, student services team. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Wow. Good one. Any questions on Ren and Stimpy or Bangers and Mash? No, but I did get all the questions related to cats correct. As you would, yeah. Yeah, of course. You pussy. Yeah. <laughs> do you have an album of the week? I do. Uh, if you look at my... Encarta. Layers of Live by Dark Ain. Oh, Layers of Live. Yes. I don't think I've heard that. Please listen to it. Uh, done. Done. As soon as we like get off dinner. this podge. One of my favourite bands. When they've got those twin harmony things going, drop the fucking yep. rhythm track and they just play those harmonies and the rhythm section takes the bottom end and it cool. sounds so fucking cool. And when you listen to it at times, if you're not totally just listening to the music, kind of forget it's a live album because mm-hmm. it's like, it's not, the, it's not the fucking most tightest as a nut tight thing on earth, but it's fucking tight, man. Yeah. Yeah, the only person that has a bit of a Strugzos fest is... Um, Sid out the singer and some of mm. those notes he hits on the album he's like because he's yelling it's like pitched yelling he doesn't quite hit but man it's fucking got so much energy and yeah really cool cool they're one band I don't know why they never took off um, you know it's not like they were a one hit wonder like they've been around they've released regular albums and they're all amazing musicians to to heaven and back were on Nuclear Blast, got dropped, so God knows. Anyway, and that reminds me of the question you asked last week of um, give me an album that will blow your mind, like Managarm or something, and that would be the sort of thing that you'd go to, Dark Ain, perhaps. I think, yeah, when Layers of Lies came out, that was um, did have major uh, good reviews and big-time reputation, but then everyone forgot about them immediately for some reason. And they've got a new vocalist now, I think. Um, yeah. Their latest album, Sinister Supremacy. It's actually really cool. Uh, I, I was, like, reluctant at first. The singer, I don't know, it was, like, almost a chance for them to try a different style of vocals, but they got someone who sounds... Like Sid Our. Almost exactly the same as the last guy, but with a more, like, melodic soul work sort of feel. So less aggressive, like Sidal, but less aggressive. Mm. But once you sort of get your head around it, um, it was pretty cool. And the, the guitars are off the chain in that band at all times. That guy, Klaus, the guitarist, he did with Speed, Strid and Henry Ranter from Soilwork that um, Terror 2000 album. Yeah, Which yeah. is another like a real cracker of an album, hey? <laughs> they got a bunch of them, I what think. What is it? Like Slaughterhouse Supremacy? Yeah, that was That's the um, classic back, back album. in the day. Yeah. I think they got about three albums and a live one. Really? Terror 2000. I think they think they're nail bomb. <laughs> uh, so what about, what are we up to? Cooking of the week or some shit? Yeah, we got to go because we're talking for way too long. But yeah. what's your recipe? Oh, fuck. I actually just made a fettuccine again. Nothing out of the ordinary, mate. Yeah, I bought a McCain's pizza from the freezer at IGA, <laughs> which I'm about to chuck in the oven while Sophie's out and I don't have time to do anything. I'll probably put heaps of olives from the fridge on top of it. Beautiful. Yeah. What uh, What are you going to do tonight? I'm going to put uh, pizza on while I turn on um, Dark Ain Layers of Live. Yes. Uh, and then um, play metal pretty much. Yeah, probably gonna... do the show notes for this episode. Yeah, I've got to upload the last one because I still haven't. Drink white wine. How's your guitar going? What's going on? Pick technique. How's How are you going? 
Um, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, funnily enough, this week I have been mucking around with writing some new stuff because the keyboard player from Claim the Throne, Jessie, left her keyboards here a few weeks ago when we had a jam and she uh, hasn't been around since. So I've been mucking around with starting on the keyboards and recording that and then playing guitar to that mm. just just as a different uh, perspective under a different light. <laughs> uh, so we may come out with another Ale Tales. Uh, <laughs> 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 but it's good fun anyway. And plus I saw Catatonia last week, so it's all just fucking game melodic wannabe doom. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, it's been fun, and I, yeah, I've sort of just let the um the picking thing go naturally for this week. Yeah. Um, but I'm, it, it's funny now. I pick up the guitar, and my go-to um, technique is the new one, which mm-hmm. is a success, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I've been playing no um, guitar, yeah. just drums lately. Cool. That's a good thing, right? Totally, man. Totally. And uh, yeah, the suffer thing helped me just jump back on the kit for a bit, and playing something different for once really helps. Yeah. Yeah, makes you more interested. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Red Descending getting back together uh, soon enough. Fuck, saw be- uh, Brent. Bloody hell, Bernard last week. I'm like Brendan, yeah. Brendan, <laughs> Brendan, <laughs> Bradero. Yeah, seeing Bradero Shaw last week, I thought, man, this is so cool. Meant to be. Yeah, it's meant to. Zzz. <laughs> anyway, you want to do your hashtag marketing thing and let's get to a song. Yeah, fucking thanks for listening to the Red Descending podcast. You're with Cabra and Ash at claimthethrone.com slash podcast where you can read all the show notes and buy shit through the link so that we get commission from Amazon. And go to, uh, I forgot to mention this at any point during the podcast, but we've got a new forum at claimthethrone.com slash contact. So uh, write some funny shit in there. Give a shit about our podcast. If you listen the whole way through an hour of us crapping on, really appreciate it. And it's been fun. Glad to have you here. Uh, Any questions, any requests for topics, any advice for us far away where all is and um we do have other stuff in the works uh new album is well overdue to come out it is ready to go but we're just um got some things happening in the background which we'll touch on in the coming weeks too so tune in next week and the week after when we continue to pump out claim the throne podges do we have a song to go out with tonight we certainly do secondary effects from layers of life by dark Eight. is that a nuclear blast song should we not do that definitely do it we'll see what happens okay this is a wild ride playing other bands songs without permission <laughs> so yeah ride with us people and enjoy <laughs> this one get on spotify and search darkane and then follow them and if they come to your town you'll get an email done bye secondary effects I lost my 
Saxophone! Qu'est-ce qu'elle sera du frère